North Pole Hotline. Help! My in-laws are hosting Thanksgiving, and we're bringing the dressing. You mean stuffing? No, dressing. I need cute outfits for everyone. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's kicking off the holidays with stylish denim, velvet tops, the season's best dresses, and 40% off your entire purchase now through Tuesday. 40% off? We'll be stuffing our shopping bags full. And don't forget colorful sweaters and amazing outerwear, too. You can even buy online and pick up in-store for free. Ooh, I love an all-you-can-wear buffet. Holiday your heart out at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1118 to 1120. Exclusion supplies. See stores for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. You've tuned in to Dr. Low Radio. Welcome back. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Noel, naturopathic doctor, and tonight is going to be a really fun show. You know I love talking about digestion, and that is what we are talking all about tonight. Before I introduce my guest and talk about uh, kind of the details of what we'll be talking about tonight, I just wanted to uh, say it was so great to see so many of you guys over the weekend at Dave Asprey's uh, Bulletproof Biohacking Conference up in Pasadena. I think I even forgot to mention it on my show in the last few shows that we were going to be there, but I brought um, some of my staff up there. We represented Shine Natural Medicine. We had a booth, and we were doing uh, nutritional IV therapy and intramuscular vitamin shots, and it was so much fun. It was so incredibly busy. We did like 10-hour work days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, it was just really, really just a, a cool environment to see so many of you guys there and uh, just learning about ways to bulletproof your health, ways to kind of biohack things. Um, um, uh, so much cool technology and uh, just amazing products that were there. Uh, and also, I'm going to be uh, featured on Dave Asprey's podcast, his Bulletproof Executive Podcast. So that should be coming out pretty soon. I'll give you details when I have more information about it. Um, also, Ben Greenfield interviewed me for his show, and uh, and I'm also going to be on CBS. They did an uh, interview um, there at the conference. So just really cool, unexpected things. I did not expect any of that to happen, but, you know, at the right place at the right time, and when you're doing cool stuff, people want to know about it. Um, so, yeah, so it was a lot of fun. I'm definitely looking forward to going to that next week. Um, so, yeah, so for tonight's show, we are going to be talking with Brenda Watson. She is the author of The Skinny Gut Diet. And it's interesting. It's kind of good timing. I, I, I saw on my uh, Facebook feed, today there's an article in the LA Times that was talking about childhood obesity and how it's affected by exposure to antibiotics as a baby. Fascinating study, and you can talk more about the details about that, but just how there's such a huge connection between your gut and your body composition. So um, really fascinating stuff, and this book is great. I've had the chance to flip through it and see some of the recipes and a little bit more of kind of the background information with it, and uh, I think you'll really enjoy the show. So Brenda Watson, a little bit about her bio. So for more than 20 years, Brenda Watson has been helping people achieve vibrant, lasting health through improved digestive function. She's among the foremost authorities in America today on optimal nutrition and digestion, natural detoxification, and herbal internal cleansing. Brenda is fully engaged in communication channels, including radio interviews, national speaking engagements, TV appearances, and health columns. She's published eight books, including the New York Times bestseller, The Fiber 35 Diet. Her no-nonsense approach to bodily functions has made her a popular presenter on public television, which we love talking about bodily functions on this show, so she'll be a good fit, where she's been successful with five nationally televised health specials. She's a wife, a mother, a grandmother, and Brenda resides in Florida, where she established five natural health care clinics specializing in cleansing and detoxification. Someone who firmly believes you should practice what you preach, Brenda's own personal health makeover is a model for women and men in all life stages. While waging her own battle with poor health, she discovered the natural remedies that would be the foundation for her own recovery, and she believes each of us holds the power to turn our own health around and has made it her mission to educate others on the importance of good digestive health and how to achieve it. And she has a new book, The Skinny Gut Diet, Balance Your Digestive System for Permanent Weight Loss. You can learn more about that at SkinnyGutDiet.com to pre-order it. And uh, she'll also have a television special in December all about that. So, Brenda, so thank you so much for coming on the show. Welcome to Dr. Low Radio. Oh, thank you. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, it's so great to have you. And, you know, I haven't had the had the um, the pleasure of meeting you in person, so this is our first time chatting on the air. So I'd love to hear a bit more about your story. I know that so many of my guests have had their own personal story, and we know just from you know your your intro and um, a bit more in your book where you talk about your own health challenges, and it sounds like that's really what got you into this. So tell us a little bit more about your story of getting to, you know, being this expert in health and um, you know some of your own health uh, challenges. Well, I've been in the functional medicine, uh, I guess, arena, integrative, whatever you want to call it, for tw- over 20 years. So I, um, I started back in the 1980s um, 
I actually had very poor health in as even as a child and a lot of antibiotics which I think contributed to many more of my health problems as I went through high school and and on through college and into my 20s and I really never um did anything more than just traditional medicine until in my 30s and I went into a health food store one day and thought, you know what, I've got to do something different and so I started changing my diet and lifestyle and doing cleansing programs. But that was back in the late 1980s when it wasn't actually um, quite like it wasn't very popular and it was quite weird, actually. And um, I started working on my health and I began to change it slowly. And I decided um, I wanted to go into the field of nutrition, went back to school, and uh, that's what I did. So in the early 1990s, um, I began to work in alternative health clinics as a nutritionist in the state of Florida, uh, really focusing um, on the digestive system, um, detox, acupuncture, um, and working with actually medical doctors at that time who were transitioning from traditional medicine into more alternative medicine, which was the really the very, very beginnings of what we call functional or integrative medicine. And I was on the forefront of that and, and got a good, very ground uh, grounding in uh, working with these doctors. And uh, my specialty in working with them was, you know, taking patients who had, um, uh, you know, whatever they were working with, cancer or whatever, and working with them nutritionally and and in detox programs and uh and in and whether it was herbal medicine or whatever, so I started out in a long, long time ago talking about leaky gut and all the things that today um is sort of kind of popular yeah. um, <laughs> and uh, in nineteen about nine i became an herbalist and in nineteen ninety seven ninety eight I began to really get out and lecture into the public and uh, arena, and I started writing books with a, a gastrointestinal surgeon um, in 2000 and then began to do PBS specials in 2004 and 2005 to educate mm. people. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a fun, wild ride. Yeah. <laughs> right, never thinking that the gut was going to be so popular because before it wasn't actually. It was kind of like I said, it was like you're doing what? I'm like, well, right. I'm <laughs> I'm talking about the digestive system and constipation and IBS and things like that, and people are like that's very strange. But right, I will right. tell you that people wanted to talk about it. Even back in the 90s, they they wanted to talk about it. And when I did lectures, hundreds of people would come, and it was amazing. (laughs) Well, you can't ever go wrong talking about poop because everyone does it at least once a day for the most part. So, you know, it's not like people aren't going to relate to you. Uh, Pretty much everyone should. If they don't relate to you, then there's a problem. So, well, that's fascinating. You know, it's fascinating. And it's, it's also fascinating that now you are writing about weight loss. So what made you want to do that? Well, in 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 2000, I don't can't remember the years anymore. I'm getting too old. But in in, in 2000 and I can't remember the year. 2000 and whatever. I wrote Fiber 35 Diet and and um that was a New York Times bestseller and of course we learned more and I've always studied uh, I actually studied the gut and and one of the things that I've always um I've always been involved in is helping people because that's the name of this game. I mean, you know, the first, very first thing that happened to me in in the field of nutrition that excited me and, and gave me passion was when someone said, I feel better by whatever I had given them or told them or they had done. And that was what drove me to, to move forward. And um, one of the tools that I've used since the very, in the 90s, was stool stool analysis and and looking at the gut in terms of the um the bacterial balance um the um, the immunity um inflammation which you know it started out in the very early years with the the one or two labs and now it's it's progressed into to more labs and 
labs that do stool analysis. And so what happened is, in this particular book, I had been studying, of course, probiotics and um, uh, the microbiota of the gut for many years. And and, and I know quite a a bit about it because I do stool analysis and, and I counsel people on, you know, when it's out of balance and what to do. So... Um, my husband is also in this business with me, and in July of, of, of 2013, um, he wanted me to go to one of the big symposiums at the New York Academy of the Sciences on um, a symposium of microbiologists that were presenting papers and studies on um, the newest um, the newest information on gut health. And I'm like, you know what? I really don't want to go do that because I'm not a microbiologist, and quite frankly, it's it's you know it's kind of boring. And um, he said, "Well, no, I think we should go and and do this. I think you'll really enjoy it." So I I sort of said, "Okay, I'll I'll go." And I went there, and I and there were several of the microbiologists presenting papers on antibiotics and prescription uh, antibiotic usage, or in the in the U.S and the obesity epidemic and correlating that this this amount of antibiotics were written um, for these states and this is the obesity and they correlated. That was one thing that actually piqued my interest. But there was a couple of other presenters there that um, were interesting in the fact that they were showing that certain of what we call adiposity bacteria, and I don't want to get complicated here, but certain bacteria that we all have in our gut in people that were obese had more of the particular, what I call in the book, the fat bacteria than the skinny bacteria, and that these people, um, you know, had the the potential for that or were obese. And they started the study in 2004 with Jeffrey Gordon at the St. Louis University when he was doing it in mice. And so what he would do is he would take skinny mice um, and put the bacteria of fat mice in there, and they would become fat. And that was the very beginning of this sort of um, science surrounding that there's certain bacteria in the gut that will determine whether you're lean or obese. And so then they began to do the studies in humans. Now, why did all this become um, actually in the forefront was because the National Institutes of Health funded the uh, the you know the study of the microbiome and so they started giving money to scientists in all these universities to study the gut or the actually the bacteria of the whole human body whether it's the gut the skin the mouth the sinuses or whatever and so that started this whole like I guess you could say uh, you know this whole agenda that started of saying wow this is pretty fascinating and you know, I I just did a, a an interview with a with a scientist, Dr. Emron Mayer at UCLA, who took women who uh, and gave them probiotics and in and, and subjected them to an MRI and found that when they took probiotics, they had less reaction to um, things that would uh, they gave them images that would cause anxiety and depression in most women and these women that had the probiotics didn't have them so what's interesting about it is and when i left that symposium i thought you know what i know a lot about testing the gut i've been doing this for 20 years it would be interesting to see if i took a group of obese people and i gave them a baseline test a stool test and looked at their adiposity bacteria and not only that but their lactobacillus and their bifido looking at any of their um, other bacteria levels and seeing where these people were put them on a good diet you know and then retest them every six weeks by giving them you know getting sugar out of the diet getting simple carbs out of the diet feeding them fermented foods not only, you know, fermented foods like kefir and yogurt, but fermented vegetables and giving them probiotics and fiber at, and, and seeing if, if they lost weight and I could change their bacterial flora. And that's what happened. 
I, I, I became inspired by listening to these microbiologists, and I thought, wow, if this is what they're saying, could I replicate this, not in a double-blind placebo you know, study, but just with a group of people who were wanted to lose weight and who were obese, could I change their microflora through diet and some supplementation and mm-hmm. create weight loss? And that's what happened. Hmm. Now, how do you know that, that, that the weight loss is because of the flora change? I mean, what about, you know, the changes in their blood sugar regulation and hormones? Because I tested all that. You know what I mean? Okay, got yeah, it. I, I, got okay, it. so what I did, what, yes, I, I gave, I had fasting blood sugar levels. And one of the things that, that happens with people is, you know, you got, you know, you have a person, and, and with the group I had, it was diverse. I had people who had some, actually really thought they had a healthy diet. I mean, I had a, I had them from the ages of 29 to 80. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I had a wide range of ages. And a couple of the the, the younger girls that I had in the 29 to 30-year-olds, they did four spin classes a week. Now, that's mm-hmm. a lot of calories they burned. And they were a good 40 pounds overweight. Um, so my my thing was, could could once I started reducing, you know, the carbs and the sugar, could I keep them from craving? Because that's really the hard part. You don't want people to be uncomfortable and miserable. So, mm-hmm. you know, I I looked at changing the diet, and one of the inspirations for me had been with my husband, um, who for many, many, many years had been very overweight. And I've been in the field of nutrition for a very long time, and he was always like, I wish that I could, you know, I could follow what you do and lose weight, but he never could. But he had very high triglycerides and cholesterol. And um, and then he decided at some point four years ago that he was going to give up the sugar and the carbs. And I watched him work with a person in getting his uh, weight under control. And it was an eye-opening experience for me. Um, to see once you you know you get sugar out of the diet, how could you control the cravings and you do it with protein and I saw that and good fats and so with these people um you know I had menopausal women i had went, I had one person who went through a drive through a fast food uh place three times a day, so I had a wide gr- varied group of people. So I yeah. knew that the you know the the cravings for sugar was going to be something I I had to overcome very quickly with them, and by with the diet by getting the protein every two to three hours along with you know vegetables and um, those types of good good foods uh, could I control that and and it and it happened and then as I stool tested them it was interesting to see that the adiposity bacteria. Um, came back in balance. Mm-hmm. It was fascinating. That's fascinating. Yeah. Wow. Okay, I have more questions about that, but I want to open up the phone lines. And if you guys want to call and ask a question, it's uh, 818-495-6919. So this caller is from the 818. Uh, you are on Dr. Low Radio. What's your name and what's your question? Yeah, hi. Thanks for taking my call. It's a wonderful program. Thank you. Sure. I have a question. When it comes to dieting, I, I've tried different diets for things. Not every diet is obviously the same, but sometimes, not always, when I try those extreme diets, I end up like shitting big diarrhea and they shit up the whole stinking bathroom. Any advice <laughs> on those kind of diets? And, what I'm was sorry, your name, my dear? Yeah, no, no, I just had a question about like those diets where you shit up the whole bathroom and it stinks up the whole bathroom. I, I don't know. You know, in other words, if you you're having if you're having a, elimination to where there there's that much like odor to it, then you've got a lot of fermentation going on in your digestive system, and you're producing gases as a result of that. So yeah, they're if, shitting up the whole place. They're just shitty smells. Well, okay, that then that just means that you're producing a, a lot of gases as a result of that. So the point of it is, is if you take your um, diet and you switch it and get sugar out of it, because what's fermenting you and creating that is a lot of either the carbon 
lot of fiber in there. Mm-hmm. Hello? Yep, you're here. Did you have a follow-up question? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So um, if there's a lot of odor there, it just means that there's a lot of fermentation going on there, and that could be something that's not that great. Hmm. Okay, it looks like we, we lost the caller, so hopefully he was able to hear that answer. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, I, I don't think I got his name, but thank you for the descript- descriptive question, and I hope that that was um, what you were looking to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> okay, so... Um, let's continue. So if someone has, um, let's say someone has a bacteria of uh, an overweight person, are they stuck with that? It sounds like you guys obviously made some changes with that control group. So is it really about protein? I mean, is there other things someone can do to have, you know, sort of the, the flora of a skinny person once they have the overweight flora? Yes. The protein is just a piece of the picture because it's balancing the blood sugar, but you have to have you have to be putting in good bacteria. Now, how do we do that? We do that with fermented foods. And I taught people to eat fermented vegetables. And I know most people think of that as sauerkraut. But there's so many now, and you can go in a health food store, and it, they must be purchased in the refrigerated section, but they have beets and carrots. And, and so I put in the fermented foods and also good quality yogurts and kefir but again, those cannot be those with sugar in them. So you have to you that the stuff with that's got fruit in them and all that that's not um, that's not acceptable. Um, so the other thing is is they've got you've got to have enough vegetables in your diet for being able to have enough fiber. And I find also that you have to add some supplemental fiber in to feed the good bacteria. So if you're looking at good bacteria levels, getting enough bifido, which is the main friendly bacteria in the colon and lactobacillus, uh, you've got to have enough of what I call soluble fiber, and that's the the, the fiber that, uh, to give an example, it's it, the, the peeling of an apple is insoluble. The inside is soluble. So you need the soluble fiber fiber because it acts as a prebiotic and the good bacteria feed on that. So in most cases, I had people adding some soluble fiber into their diet every day, at least a, a, um, a actually a scoop of it a couple of times a day, and also it's an appetite suppressant. So in, you're not stuck. The, the reasons that people lack what I call the microbial footprint. And that means that we all have a fingerprint. We also all have a microbial footprint. And there's many things that disturb that. One is cesarean birth, um, toxins, too many antibiotics like I had as a child, um, uh, you know, all sorts of things, uh, acid-suppressing medication. All of these mess up that footprint. But to think that you're stuck with a with with the wrong bacteria and you cannot change it is wrong. You can change it. Diet changes it, not with protein necessarily. Protein just keeps you satisfied so that you don't crave the sugar and put sugar in because sugar feeds the negative bacteria. So what we want to do is we want to put in plenty of vegetables, but we also want to supplement with some soluble fiber and some probiotics. What would be kind of like an example of a, a day, like a, a sample day of different foods that you can have that would maybe give a good amount of fiber for the full day? You know, like okay. like some good examples. That would be really helpful, I think. Okay. So, for example, one of the things I taught my group, um, okay, so, for example, in the morning, if you're a morning person and you wanted to, you had time in the morning, you may have, you know, some eggs with and putting in kale and artichoke and those types of foods into the into the eggs but you may be the type of person who's in, in a hurry so you want to get you can have like a, a meal a replacement uh what do you call those meal replacements where you put them in a blender and you put in you know kale and um some you know yogurts and some and, and some of the the foods that have good bacteria in them that would be a day I also they ha- you have we eat six times a day on this program so every three hours for example you may have 
in your mid-morning snack, you may have a slice of turkey, but in the middle of it, you may have fermented vegetables. And it may be if you don't have time to make those vegetables, you can get them from the health food store. And even pickles, believe it or not, that are refrigerated have the friendly bacteria in them. The other thing I taught my group to do is do blended juices. And many people think, oh, well, juicing is great. I will tell you that the juices, most of the juices you'll find in the in the health food stores that have removed the fiber from them are mostly just sugar. So mm-hmm. what I taught them, I bought everyone a blend tech, which is pretty inexpensive. I have a Vitamix, which is more expensive. But you want to blend your juices up with the fiber in them. So, for example, I do a, a mineral, I called it a mineral zinger. It's with cucumber and and celery and parsley and kale and spinach. And and to flavor them, I put a half of a Granny Smith apple and lemon in it. And I will tell you that people absolutely love that. So the blended green drinks were great. And then we would have some with some beets in them and things like that. But you can't do them with with a ton of carrots and things like that because it's got too much sugar. Mm. Um, Also, you know, using... um, things like to, to give people for for their for their lunches i taught them how to prepare their pre-prepare their lunches 3 days in advance um and i brought out i know this sounds crazy but i brought out the crock pot and taught them how to use that because people are in a hurry and 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 yeah. some of this is is really like they look at it and go oh my gosh i'm not going to ferment vegetables and i'm not going to do this but you need like a couple of hours on a Sunday afternoon to pre-prepare your foods for if you're taking lunches to work and your two snacks. And it's so simple. And so what I taught people was how to, you know, to bring a crock pot and, and have your your protein and your salad for lunch and then your mid, mid-afternoon snack, maybe some um, good Greek yogurt and blueberries. And then, you know, so you've got everything there. And I always uh, advise people to have something before bed, mm-hmm. you know, to eat. Like what? What would be a good thing before bed? Well, actually, something uh, like some berries and and uh, berries and whipped cream um, is really okay to have before bed. Um, I we actually came up with our own desserts and made our own desserts, which are in the book. Um, uh, you know, putting cherries and whipped cream. Um, I had, we made up uh, our own um, almond uh, flour cake with a little whipped cream. I know that sounds crazy to think you're eating uh-huh. cake, but they did, and it's fine. <laughs> um, so let's say someone's sensitive to dairy or, you know, wanting to keep their sugar down, like maybe doing like a coconut whipped cream or something like that. Absolutely. Okay. And I and, and you know the coconut the coconut manna or coconut butter which I'm addicted to, uh-huh. <laughs> is fantastic. <laughs> Yum! I'm getting hungry. I don't have no dinner yet. I know. Wow. I know. <laughs> Why you gotta do that to me? Well, I'm sure that you probably are on a skinny gut diet yourself. What are some things you had today? Anything you want to share? Some meals that you had? I love doing this with my well, guests. It's so so interesting. <laughs> Okay, so today, what did I do? Let's see. Let me think about today. Today, um, I just got in from traveling, which is just the pits of the world. <laughs> yeah. Uh. And, oh, uh, gosh. Um, so I got in today, and this morning I had uh, uh, an omelet with, with kale and artichoke. Uh, mid-morning, I had a green drink with, um, the, like I said, I, I love the drink with the with doing the uh, cucumber, the celery, and the lemon, half a Granny Smith apple. And it's just so, I, I like I the that. tartness of it. It's delicious. Yeah. For lunch today, I did collard greens. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you can tell I'm from the South, obviously. But um, <laughs> I, I love <laughs> I love collard greens. And I take, I love collard greens. I cut them today and put, lemon pepper seasoning which i love it and um at leeks i eat leeks probably every day and they're a good prebiotic too and i put them in a little like uh, uh saucepan on the top of the oven with a little water and then an olive oil on olive oil on the top and i steam that um collards with some red kale and leeks and i had that with a little piece of um 
uh, filet today for my lunch. And uh, then this evening, what did I eat this evening? Oh, this evening I had um, salmon um, that I cooked um, with, again, I eat a lot of greens. I, I hate for people to think that, but I do. No, <laughs> so this evening amazing. I had um I had salmon with with more greens. And you know why I do that is because I travel. And when I can be home and cook and and prepare things, I try to stay as as healthy as I can. And not that I'm not healthy when I'm out, but if you're stuck at an airport, it's so hard to be healthy. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. really is. I know I've been traveling a ton, too. I, I just did a little mini Facebook stock on you. It looks like you just were in – were you in New York um, filming with Dr. Oz? I was. I filmed Dr. Oz on Friday, um, and I'm from North Carolina, so we, we went. I went from there to North Carolina to the land of the um, – I don't know where we're from. It's in the mountains, so it's there's no food there. <laughs> Yeah, so, right. But yes, I I just left there, and I had been. Bef- I don't even know where I've been in Baltimore. I was in Toronto, and just all over. So, wow, you're a busy girl. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. You're really getting the message out there. Okay, well, I'm going to take it to another caller, and I ask, please keep it a little bit on the cleaner side. I don't mind a little descriptive talk, but I don't know about the last caller. So, caller from the four two four. You're on Doctor Low Radio. What's your name, and where you? Or what's your name, and what's your question? Caller from the 424, are you there? Yeah, have either one of you ladies ever had shitty, smelly diarrhea before? Oh, no. All right. We got the same one again. Okay, let me, you know what, I want to answer that question, Dr. Lowe. Let me answer a question about that. I had a gentleman on my program, and and let me just give you an example. Most people think, uh, because I'm used to dealing with issues of constipation and diarrhea, and this may help people out there. Not to, you know, get to the description the the caller just had, but let me give you an example. I had a, a gentleman in my program at that weighed in in the beginning at 285 pounds. Yeah. Okay. He was a Vietnam vet, um, and he really wanted to change his life. And when I I didn't really know this about him as he came into the program, um, and when as i got you know as you get more familiar people you're meeting with them every week and everything so and you're you're obviously talking to them about their bowel habits whether they're constipated or they have gas and bloating or whether they have ibs and you know women i think are more i think they're more open to talking about that um but this gentleman um informed me after about probably a month or two of working with him that he had not in his adult life had an elimination that was he had he had not had a solid bowel movement. It was always like a loose or or had diarrhea, and I was shocked. I'm like, really? Do you do you think that that was normal? And he said, No, I didn't. But I've never I've told doctors about it. I've mentioned it before, and no one has ever 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 you know, tried to help me with it. And I, I, then I became the person on the mission. And I'm thinking, what is it in his system that's creating that? And yeah. on his, you remember I said I did the, the analysis, the stool analysis on these people. And I found with him that he had a particular bacteria, um, pathogenic, that I wanted to work on. And what I did with him is I upped the level of probiotics with him. So with the group, let's say I was giving them 50 billion, I gave him 100 billion of the probiotics. And I will tell you and I upped his fiber, and I will tell you the next week he came in and to this day he has had regular elimination. And this man is 60 something years old and had not had it his adult life. Amazing. And that for people is an amazing, um, you know, it's amazing. And, it, you know, imagine how uncomfortable they are, you know, but they don't think anything about it. Right, right. 
Yeah, people don't realize how good they can feel until they they get healthy, and then they 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 realize it's a lot different from how they how they've been feeling, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So let's say there's someone listening to the show. They they do your program, the Skinny Gut Diet, and really work on optimizing their flora. What's kind of like uh, maybe something they can expect in terms of weight loss that they might expect? You know, let's say someone who's really well, overweight. You know, I really hated Dr. Lowe to say skinny gut diet when we put the pro- <laughs> when we put the book out. I really wanted to say skinny gut life. But as you know, when you deal with publishers, um, they want something that's sensationalized. And I really wanted, you know, you want to help as many people as you can. Um, And I will say that many people, my whole life I've dealt with the, the gut being the core of your health. I call it your GPS, your gut protection system, because it's a radar. Your good bacteria is your radar that keeps you uh, keeps your immunity in line, keeps you from getting leaky gut, which then, you know, you get into food sensitivities and inflammatory proteins and in, in, in silent inflammation that creates heart disease and many other kinds of uh, problems in life, uh, health problems. But what the the skinny gut really is, it's about balancing the gut. And when you start doing that and you bring down the inflammation in the gut, then what you do is you close the gap between where the gut leaks into the bloodstream inflammatory proteins that create inflammation like joint pain, like even things that we don't even think of, like Alzheimer's and and heart disease and um, all of the conditions that we don't really relate to the gut mm-hmm. but really come from the gut. So if you look at your digestive system, it is really the core of of the foundation of what rules your health. Uh, and I'll give you an example of my own self. Um, you know, I had been writing about gluten and leaky gut for since 2000, 1999, and I had never had uh, many problems. I had problems. I, I ate gluten infrequently and um, ended up in... I think 2007 or 2008 with joint problems in my hands so badly that my joints were so swollen I couldn't move my hands. And I thought to myself, wow, you know, you've been in this for a long, long time. What in the world is this problem? I went to a regular um, doctor and he said, oh, well, you're just getting old and you've got some arthritis. And I'm thinking to myself, no way. So I went and tested myself and found out, yes, I did have gluten allergy. And within three months, and he told he, he said to me, you've got it, in, I had it in one hand really bad. He said, you'll have it in the other hand within a year. Well, I will tell you right now I have no joint pain mm. by just by just taking the gluten out and healing my gut. As long as I had been in this profession and as infrequently as I ate it, not right. knowing that I had the allergy to it, um, once I tested my genes, you know, I did the mouse swab and tested my genetics and found yeah. that I had the genetics for celiac and gluten sensitivity, and within three months I had absolutely no more joint pain. Mm. Wow, fascinating. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I think I've told my listeners this before. I, I put my dad actually on a gluten-free diet. He had had just really the same thing, just bad joint pain. Actually had very um, uh, mysterious anemia, which is very weird for a, a man in his 60s to have anemia. You know, men don't have periods. They don't really lose a lot of iron. And uh, had, has, you know, had seen his primary care doctor, and they actually tested him for gluten. So he thought it was just the basic transglutaminase, yeah. you know, anti-endometrial yeah. antibody, just the basic ones that – that you have to have complete villus atrophy basically to show up a positive. And mm-hmm. um, so those came back, of course, fine. And he said, oh, my doctor said I, I'm okay. And I said, okay, let me let me actually test it through our office. So we ran um, 
the Cyrex panel, Array 3, it's a very comprehensive gluten sensitivity test, and it was raging positive. And I told mm-hmm. him, I said, Dad, you need to be, I know, I was like, and he was so mad. He goes, oh, man, he goes, do I have to eat like you now? <laughs> and I said, I, I know, it's the cutest thing. I said, Dad, I think you do. I said, I think this is the, the reason why you have anemia, and I think this is why you're so tired and why your, you know, your joints hurt, and you're just dragging all the time, and you look so pale. And so I um, had him go gluten-free. He went 100% gluten-free. And uh, one week later, he was able to shut his hands again. He had no more joint pain. He said the joint pain was like 90% better after a week. It was just amazing. And That's um, amazing. You know, yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I, I put him on some supplements. Um, his iron was actually so low, I actually put him on some iron, iron shots for a while. And um, we tested him again, you know, three months later. Is he had no anemia whatsoever. He lost, of course, 30 pounds because men just, like, start eating a vegetable a day and they lose weight, you know, with their <laughs> metabolism. But <laughs> but it was amazing. He's a whole new man. And it's just the power of nutrition. It's incredible. The power of nutrition is incredible. And the thing that, you know, people don't realize is that the gluten – a piece of it, and I'm really good friends with Dr. Bill Davis, who wrote Wheat Belly, and um, and you know the thing of it is, is the the amazing thing, and and there's a, a Dr. Fine um, down in I don't know if you know him uh, down in uh, Dallas, Texas, who did who tests gluten in the in the stool, which many people mm-hmm. don't do, like you said, the usual tests are in the blood, and they're very like not accurate, and yeah a lot of them, and people come back and say, well, I tested for gluten, and uh, I'm not gluten sensitive. And I'm like, okay, well, then, you you know, you probably got a traditional test, and right. it didn't tell you the reality of it. But what people don't realize is they think that if they're gluten sensitive or celiac or whatever, they have digestive problems. <laughs> and a lot right. of times they don't. They're mm-hmm. not symptomatic in the digestive system. Some people are. They may have gas and bloating, constipation, IBS, and all that. But many people have no symptoms in the GI tract. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we've had Dr. Tom O'Brien on the show three times, and he's just so knowledgeable when it comes to gluten. And, you know, he shared with us, and I've explained to my patients since then, really, that gluten sensitivity, the main symptom is brain fog. You know, you feel yeah. foggy in the head, it, or you know, memory issues, mood stuff. Okay, let's test you for gluten because there's probably something going on there. So, yeah, it's fascinating stuff. Well, uh, one thing I'm curious about, and I want to know your opinion on this, let's say someone's on antibiotics at some point throughout their life, even one time. Do you think that they can fully restore their gut flora to be as optimal as it could be? Do you think it will always be a bit off? Like what, what's your thoughts on that? Because I've heard different kinds of opinions. I've heard some doctors say if you're on antibiotics once, your, your flora will never be the same. You can improve things, um, but it will never be the way that it was, like an indigenous tribe or something like that. What, what's your take on that? I think that I I I don't agree necessarily with that. Uh, on an, they have found, you know, I've seen studies where, you know, a, a seven day round of antibiotics can um, disrupt your microflora for up to two years, and wow. I do believe that that could happen. I do believe it's you know genetics, and but they what they're finding is like the antibiotics today are so strong. That and and so so many of the different strains of microflora are disappearing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you take a round of antibiotics, you may have a, a strain of bacteria that's genetically you've had your whole life that's gone, and it's never going to come back. And that's I think that's something that we we kind of don't have the science yet to be able to say that's an absolute fact. But what I will say is because I do a lot of stool testing and look at the microflora of the of the of the gut, I will say that by let's say someone takes an antibiotic round of antibiotics, if they go back and put in the good probiotics bacteria through supplementation, I see them rebound and come back to a more normal flora. Now, does that mean that there are certain strains that they may have had, Dr. Lowe, that they, they they may not have forever? That could be, but that doesn't mean that their microflora will not keep the, their immunity in check. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Right, exactly. So to preventing disease and, you know, symptom-free exactly. and all that stuff. Maybe it's not exactly the same that it was before, but still the important balance that's going to really promote longevity and optimal health and all that. Yeah, that's kind of my, my right. take on it as well. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, I know your your book is geared obviously more towards diet, lifestyle, all of that. What, what's your take on fecal transplantation, maybe using that for mm. weight loss? We did a show on that, I think, <laughs> a year, year and a half ago. I know it's totally out there. Um, but what's what's your take on that? I, I'm doing a PBS series um, on um, health breakthroughs, and I just because I've been involved in the gut for a long time in, in colonics, and uh, uh, so what I did is I did I went in and I um, went to the uh, uh, um, microbiome in MIT, and I interviewed. Uh, uh, Rob Knight at uh, the American Gut Project, and I did a I did this one segment on fecal transplants um, with um, a twin, actually uh, a woman whose uh, twin sister had um, ulcerative colitis, and they could not get it better, and she actually had MS, so she had a compounded problem, but. Because I've been working with GI doctors and I and I've been in look you know in the area that I'm in and watching fecal transplants for a long time, I see that they're very beneficial uh, in many cases. But here's the problem, and I think it gets back to what we're more about. The problem that I've seen in the GI docs that I've worked with here, traditional GI docs, is they do the fecal transplant and the person gets better from either Crohn's, ulcerative colitis, or whatever they've got going on, but the doctor doesn't address the diet. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so if so, let's say the person's gluten-sensitive, dairy-sensitive, or whatever, and they don't change that, they're, they're going to be right back in there six months later. And right. and I did a series and I did a, a show uh, one time with PBS called The Heart of Perfect Health and I I talked to a preventional cardiologist and I talked to uh, interviewed uh, a a lot of them who did interventional cardiology and they said you know what I got tired of putting a stent in and triple bypass because the patient that I was seeing was back three years later with the same problem mm, you see and right. it, it's because we're we're about nutrition, and it's what's going in the mouth that's creating what's coming out the other end. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that fecal transplants, there's going to be a huge emergence of it because, and I think you're going to see probiotics with 50 strains, 60 strains. I mean, in in a capsule, I think that's going to grow. I think fecal transplants going to grow because you can, you know, implant in someone um, the microflora to heal them. But the problem that we have is if we don't change what's going in the mouth, <laughs> that's yeah. irritating the gut lining, then the person's never going to get better because it, they will get better for a period of time. But the problem it is something's irritating that digestive system. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's just gonna. I mean, and the good bacteria is just gonna die anyway if you don't take care of it. Exactly. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, um, I'm amazed how fast our time has flown. I would love to just get maybe like three actionable things listeners can do starting now that to help develop a skinny gut flora. Yeah. Like three takeaways someone can do. I know there's so many amazing things they could do. What would be like a few things that they can do? Well, I think first of all is I think the first thing to do is look at their sugar intake, and I don't mean that just in cookies and soda. I mean it in terms of carbs. I think that's very important, and looking at um, what their diet is. And I think number two is do they have enough fiber because most people think they do, but we know the average American gets about 15 grams. They need about 35 so the fiber has to either be taken in through vegetables and fruit and added in with supplements. I believe that wholeheartedly. And I really think that they have to look at their friendly bacteria levels, getting it through food and getting it through supplementation two ways. Mm-hmm. 
What are a couple of supplements you think that are really great for most people to take to optimize their flora? You mentioned probiotics. Any anything else? Probiotics. Um, uh, in a, in a, I think uh, a multi-strain, high-potency probiotic supplement. But also, again, start looking in your health food stores because I, I'm seeing these little small companies coming along now with fermented vegetables in more than just sauerkraut and pickles and things like that. A kombucha is good. Um, to drink, and um, you know, and also the good quality keepers and yogurts that don't have sugar in them. Mm-hmm. Awesome, love it, Brenda. Do you have any parting words for us, um, or well, even like you know, where can people learn more about you? Follow what you're up to, and also when when are you going to be on Doctor Oz? When it's going to when is it going to air? Uh, Doctor Oz is going to air in November, sometime the first week in November. Um, you can also go to brendawatson.com, and if you have digestive questions, I answer them all the time. So you just go in brendawatson.com and go to Ask Brenda. And um, also I have the PBS special coming out after Thanksgiving um, on most PBS stations in, in the U.S. And the, my parting words are, you know, take care of your digestive system. And even though sometimes you don't think that you're having a gut problem with, a, with like, like I said, a symptom with gut, if you've got any problem in your body, whether it's inflammatory, heart, joint, whatever, it's coming from your gut. Mm-hmm. That's Amen. the first place to start healing. Hundred mm-hmm. percent agree with that. Absolutely, it's the center of the universe. That's the way we always uh, us naturopathic doctors are always saying it's the center of the universe, right there in the gut. Yeah. So I love that you took it back to that. So thank you, Brenda, so much. Such a great show. You're a rock star. Keep keep on keeping on, and um, looking forward to having you back on it sometime. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you too. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a joy. I have so much fun moving forward and um we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, you guys, that is our show. Thanks so much for tuning in. And I actually didn't give you guys the update on who I'm going to have next week. Let me pull that up real fast. So next week we are going to have uh Yuri Elkam on the show to talk about how to have all day energy. So you can use the tips we talked about on the show tonight, maybe practice that for the next week. And then next week we'll have Yuri on the show to talk about how to really boost your energy. He has a great new book coming out. So definitely tune into that next Tuesday, same time, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Have a wonderful rest of your week, and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. North Pole Hotline. Help! My in-laws are hosting Thanksgiving, and we're bringing the dressing. You mean stuffing? No, dressing. I need cute outfits for everyone. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's kicking off the holidays with stylish denim, velvet tops, the season's best dresses, and 40% off your entire purchase now through Tuesday. 40% off? We'll be stuffing our shopping bags full. And don't forget colorful sweaters and amazing outerwear, too. You can even buy online and pick up in store for free. Ooh, I love an all-you-can-wear buffet. Holiday your heart out at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1118 to 1120. Exclusion supplies. See stores for details.